Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Morning, Eric. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm excited. We're talking about taxes. Woohoo! Yes, very fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love but, talking about taxes. I'd rather right. talk about taxes than pay taxes. Uh, yes. Oh, I'll talk about taxes all day with you if you could help me stop paying taxes. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's a little bit the point uh, that we'll be talking about. <laughs> yeah. I know that this is something that you do with your clients as far as really helping them to find all the possibilities of how to save on taxes. So we've talked mm -hmm. about that on numerous podcasts just here and there, but I love the fact that you're going to be concentrating on it. And you gave me kind of a sneak peek that you could possibly have some guests in the future about this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the goal here. Nice. I like that you talked about all the possibilities. That's really a large part of what planning is, is just mm -hmm. looking at all the different avenues you could go, all the different possibilities that might be out there. Sometimes it's a worthwhile endeavor, sometimes it's not, but you don't know till you take a look at it. And that's a big key piece of retirement planning is what are the possibilities with your taxes? You have a lot more control over your taxes, especially in retirement, than you might think. Mm. All right. So yeah. where do we start today? This is a huge subject. You got it. And we've talked about this uh, a few times before. We're going to have some links to different times we've had blogs or podcasts. We even have a guidebook that references some of this. So we'll make sure that's all nice. in the show notes. But the first place to start is just that a lot of people, even advisors, even financial advisors, think that retirement planning is only about the different stocks and bonds that you're buying, just trying to get that best return in retirement on your investments. And we just don't have that belief at all. We believe that you cannot control the market, but there's a huge amount of things you can control. We'll just talk about a few of them. You can control when you retire. You can control how much you spend. You can control how and when you take your Social Security and your pension, how much you have set aside for short-term versus long-term, how much risk you take inside the market. You can't control the market, but you can certainly control how much risk you take in the market. And the big one that we're talking about today is you can control your tax planning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can control your tax planning, especially as long as you have a professional walking alongside you. Right, you got that right. And there's a, a podcast we did talking about the difference between tax advice and tax planning. We believe that both are important. Tax advice is great because it helps you get last year's taxes, even maybe this year's taxes done correctly. But we believe tax planning could be one of the most valuable things you do with your retirement. It's one of the biggest things you can control. So just real quick as a summary, the difference between tax advice and tax planning is tax advice is getting this year and last year correct. All the you know I's dotted, T's crossed, make sure it's all done correctly. Tax planning is just looking towards the future and understanding there are certain times where your tax rates might go up or down, and let's find a way to smooth that out so that if you have a higher tax year versus a lower tax year, you'd rather figure out ways to shift income more towards that lower tax year. And you can do that through tax planning. We do that all the time. We're looking at all those different opportunities, all those possibilities that mm -hmm. are out there to pay taxes at the lower rate because you plan it out and found out here's where things are going to be looking at for you. Fantastic. Love that. Yeah. So we have five ideas, five things we want everyone to look at. You're not going to get all five of these, right? Not all five of these every single year are going to be, yep, did that, did that, did that. Mm -hmm. It's just exploring the possibilities. And when you do that, you'll find a few areas and you'd be surprised. You might find a few areas 
where you get to save taxes over the long run. So this isn't a checklist that you're checking off every year, but it's a checklist that you should be checking, not each box, but each each section to see if it fits for you for that year. Right. Yeah. Review it and say, okay, okay I got to check this off to see, did I uh, place all my money in the right spot? So mm -hmm. where you place your money to begin with is important. Which accounts you take money out from is important. When you take your money out is important. Have you boosted your social security and do you have a charitable giving plan? So there are five places that we're going to look at, talk about each year. You ought to be just considering uh, these different areas. So we'll start with number one, where you place your money to begin with. It's important to save. It's even more important to save in the right type of account. There's so many things here, but we'll just talk about one little uh, difference here. If you have stocks and it's inside of your traditional IRA, it grows inside of your traditional IRA. When you take that money out, you'll pay income taxes on it. But if you have stocks that are outside of a traditional IRA, just a regular old taxable account, as it grows and you hold it for more than a year and you cash it in, that's called a long-term capital gain. Mm. And those capital gains are a lower tax rate than your income tax rate. Across the board, that's the case. It, it varies how much of a difference is, but across the board, when you take out a long-term capital gain from your regular taxable account, it's a lower rate than when you take out income taxes. So that's something to keep in mind with stocks. Let's think about if you own bonds and just about everyone's going to own stocks and bonds. When you own bonds, you make interest on that. And if it's in that regular taxable account, that interest will be income taxable. Now, if that bond is inside of a traditional IRA and you make interest and take it out, that bond interest again is income taxable. There's no difference there with the bonds, whether you own it outside of your IRA or inside of your IRA. But with the stocks, there's a big difference. So the first step about where you place your money is that if you're looking to have both stocks and bonds, to the extent that you can, try to get those stocks out of your IRA in that regular old taxable brokerage account and try to get your bonds in the IRA. And the whole point of that is it doesn't really matter where your bonds are placed, but it does matter tax-wise where your stocks are placed. So interesting, just an interesting situation where yeah. the tax laws are different, the tax rates are different. So try to take advantage of that as best as you can by getting those stocks into just basically your regular old taxable account. All right. So we talked about where you put your money into. Now, how about which account are you taking your money out of? Mm -hmm. So I just and mentioned I know you've earlier. spoken about this on previous podcasts as well oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a big deal. Uh, this idea of having a withdrawal strategy, if you do a little bit of research on retirement planning, the idea of a withdrawal strategy is very important. You can change your tax situation immensely by deciding which account you take money from. There's a lot of research being done showing that withdrawal strategy and when do you take money from different accounts is just a, a huge benefit to retirement. Hmm. So just to summarize a little bit of it, with your traditional IRA, like we talked about, when you take that money out, it's income taxable. With a Roth IRA, when you take that money out, there's a few rules you got to meet there, but for most people, we're going to assume you've already met those rules. But when you take that money from the Roth IRA, that's tax-free. So if you have the choice, do you want your traditional IRA to grow and have more money that's taxable? Or do you want your Roth IRA to grow and have more money that's tax-free? Mm. I got an idea. I think you want your Roth IRA <laughs> yeah. 
to grow because that's the one that will just have more money being tax-free. So a lot of people say, well, how do I do that? Well, you have choices. When you're 60, 65, 70, 80, whatever it is, and you're looking at taking money out, you can decide, I need 10 grand from my traditional IRA, or you can maybe take that 10 grand from the Roth IRA. And all things being equal, and of course, a lot of this has to do with planning out each and every year, but all things being equal, you'd rather actually take that IRA money, that traditional money out sooner, earlier, before it grows, and then that allows your Roth IRA to keep on growing because you're not taking money out of it. Mm -hmm. You can even do it where you take money from the traditional and convert it over to the Roth. So that's something to be looking at that unfortunately not as many people are looking at is how do I minimize the areas like the traditional IRA that are growing to become a bigger tax situation in the future? And how do I maximize the areas like the Roth IRA that will become more tax-free, more money in the tax-free bucket later on? That's the second step. Which account do you take the money from? Good information. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, with the next step is we talked about where you put your money in, which account do you take it out from. It's really important when you take your money out. And it's interesting. Before retirement, after retirement, your life, your financial life is entirely different. When you're working, you're earning a paycheck, that paycheck goes into your checking account, you get a tax form at the end of the year, it all hits at the same time, basically, right? Mm -hmm. You spend the money, you, you earn the money, you spend the money, you pay taxes on it, all in the same year. You hit retirement, that could be completely different. You hit retirement, you don't necessarily have to take money from your traditional IRA to spend that exact uh, dollar that exact month. You could take money from your traditional IRA and then spend it later. You could take money from your bank account and spend it now. The idea of when you pay taxes and when you spend that money is completely separated out. And the easiest way to think about it is New Year's Eve versus New Year's Day. Right, mm. One day apart, but it's a difference between this year and next year. So it just might be where it's towards the end of the year and you're looking at, I'm gonna spend some money, maybe at the beginning of the year. And with that, you can say, well, I'll just wait till January of next year and I'm gonna take the money out. Uh, let's just say you have a $20,000 car you wanna buy in January. If you've done some tax planning, let's just say for example that you are $10,000 away from the top of the 12% bracket, which means that if you wait till next year, 10,000 of that withdrawal will show up at the 12% area. 10,000 of that withdrawal will show up at the 22% area. It really doesn't matter if you do it now in December because you're just trying mm -hmm. to plan for it or you wait till January when you're gonna buy that car and do it then. Either way, uh, you'll end up with some money at the 12% bracket, some money at the 22% bracket. But what if you do it over two years? What if you take out some money in January, take out some money in December, now you've got $10,000 at the 12% bracket over two different tax years. You run the math. Some people are running the math in their heads right now. That's actually a $1,000 difference in taxes just by saying, I'll do it over two transactions. I'll do a little bit this year, a little bit next year. Mm -hmm. That's something that you ought to be looking at and planning out each and every year is how much money do you need, what tax bracket will be hitting at, and is there ways, whether you're taking money from your bank account and then replenishing it with your traditional IRA later on, or you're just taking two distributions over two different years instead of uh, one time throughout that year. There's so many ways that you can spread things out and just hit the right tax bracket at the right time. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, there's so much to plan for there. I mean, you use the example of purchasing a car and you've got, we know that cars are usually on sale at the end of the year and they're usually on sale in that next March uh, because they're trying to liquidate and get rid of the previous year's models. Uh, so all those things go together. I don't know the, I know you've had these conversations with your clients before. So knowing to be able to, if you're going to purchase at the very end of December to take advantage of that sale, well, obviously you have to take it all out in that one spot unless it'd be smarter to do it and just wait till that, the bigger, you know, liquidation sales in March and April. Um, so I mean, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, there's a lot to think about. And a big question people have all the time, we're talking about cars specifically, just using, going with that example, a lot of clients ask and say, should I take out all the money or should I, uh, should I get a car loan? Mm-hmm. Well, you could get the car loan in November, December, because it's such a big discount at that time. If that's, you found the right car for the right price, and then you could just pay it off right there in January. So when you're planning it out, it has almost a lot more to do with the taxes than yeah. with the interest rate yeah. or even just the philosophy. Do you pay all cash for a car or do you do a, a car loan? Yeah, I didn't even think about that either. That's that's great. All right, well, we'll get into the next few steps there. But remember that where you place your money, which accounts you take it out from, and when you take it, three of the most important things you can be doing with your taxes. The next thing, now this one we've talked about before. It seems a little kind of a step removed, but it absolutely hits the tax planning part of it. And that's the idea of boosting your Social Security. Now, Social Security is one of the best tax situations you can be in. Not all of it's going to be taxed. For Social Security, 0 to 85% of it is taxable. To think about it the other way, that means 15 to 100% of it is tax-free. So if you've got a way to boost your Social Security, you're bringing into your tax return a higher income that is not going to be fully taxable. And we're in the state of Wisconsin. For the Wisconsin income tax, for your state income tax in Wisconsin, none of that is taxable for Social Security, right? Social Security is not taxed in Wisconsin. So you take a look at it and say, can I get an extra dollar out of my Social Security? Or can I get an extra dollar out of my traditional IRA? That extra dollar that you got into your traditional IRA, that's coming out 100% federal tax. That's coming out 100% on the state taxable, your Social Security, it's not going to be totally taxable at the federal. And for Wisconsin, it's not taxable uh, at the state level either. Mm-hmm. So that's the thought. Would you rather boost your 100% taxable traditional IRA or your less taxable Social Security? Now, I know what you're thinking. How do I possibly get more Social Security? And what do you mean I can trade Social yeah. Security <laughs> income for traditional IRA income? Well, you hit 62 you hit 65, 67, you're retiring, and you're needing income, you have a choice. A lot of people feel like the day I retire is the day I file for Social Security, like it's a requirement, especially around that word, full retirement age, right? That phrase, full retirement age for Social Security, you almost feel obligated to, and that's just not the case. If you have the choice the next month when you hit retirement of needing $3,000 that month, you could choose to turn on your Social Security and get some or all of it from there, or you could choose to take money from your traditional IRA. And if you did take it from the traditional IRA, you could wait on your Social Security. So just earlier, we said, we'd love to see your traditional IRA maybe even go down uh, quickly in the beginning of retirement because you're taking money out, not because you lost money, but Mm -hmm. because you're taking money out. So if you choose to draw down your traditional IRA, so you're bringing down how much of your investments are 100% income taxable, and you do that in a way where you're waiting on Social Security, that's just boosting your Social Security at 8% per 
per year. Now that might be a good choice to begin with, just a good trade-off, and we have ways to look at that too. But just from the tax standpoint, you're bringing down your taxable amounts and boosting up your Social Security, your income, in a way that's less taxable. That's a pretty good tax planning trade-off, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> I'm glad Well, it a is a decent button. amount to think yeah. about, yeah. and we're going to be putting together a blog about this too, so you can read it through and really kind of check off the boxes of these are the five things I need to look at that I need to be planning out each year in retirement on my tax planning so you can smooth out your taxes over your retirement so that you can go about it and really hopefully have a lower tax burden over your whole retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the last step is a fun one, uh, and that's the idea of creating a charitable giving strategy. Mm -hmm. We think giving money to charity is great. We encourage that. Uh, we love when people come to us and say, I want to give away certain dollar amounts to charity. We're part of the Certified Kingdom Advisors. So we have a lot of people who uh, come to us because we've got that background on how faith and finances go together. And a lot of people feel like giving money is actually an expression of their faith. And mm -hmm. that's awesome. We love it. We want to encourage that. What we also want to do is go just one step beyond that and say, let's put some additional thought. You've got this conviction where you want to put a certain dollar amount towards your church or your charity. Let's just go one step uh, even beyond that and apply that conviction to the tax code, right? You've got the taxes out there and just the way that things uh, work. You can give away that same amount of money in a way that saves you taxes. Uh, that might even allow you to give away more money because you mm -hmm. feel even more comfortable on, hey, I saved some taxes. Let's uh, let's split that with the charity, right? Maybe I'll keep a little bit of it, have some fun, but we can feel the ability to give even more to charity because you've gone about in a way that saved you taxes on there. Yeah. We talk about this in more details. We've got a guidebook, six questions retirees aren't asking but should be, and saving tax money through charity giving is uh, one of those questions. How do you go about doing that? But just to summarize it, a lot of the retirees that we work with are good givers. And they were good givers that a few years ago could get itemized deductions. They had enough in income taxes and their property taxes, and especially their charitable giving, that they were itemizing their deductions. Well, now, for a couple over 65, the standard deduction is $27,000 a year or even more, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really tough for a lot of people to get to the point where they itemize their deductions. So just like earlier we said, when you take your money out is important on your taxes, when you give your money away is important on your taxes. So a lot of times when you're looking to gift, there's a big difference tax-wise on giving money in December or January. So a lot of people might have heard of bunching charitable deductions, mm -hmm. kind of doubling up in one year, and then the next year you don't have as many deductions on that. So many ways to go about that. We'd love to talk more about that with you, and you can talk uh, or check that out through the uh, guidebook that we have. Another one is actually how you gift. There's a difference tax-wise on if you give stock away or you give uh, a check. You just write a check out. There's a difference there. There's also a difference uh, when you reach the age of 70 and a half where you could take your IRA money and then put it in your checking account and write out a check to the charity, or you can let your IRA money go directly to the charity. That's called a qualified charitable distribution. I know I mentioned this on the podcast before, but we had a, a new client come in they were great givers. They were giving away, I think, like $10,000 a year. Hmm. Their required minimum distribution was roughly $10,000 a year. So they're good folks. They want to follow all the rules, and they wanted to keep on giving to charity. So they were taking that required minimum 
each year at the beginning of the year, $10,000 roughly. And then later on towards the end of the year, uh, December-ish, like a lot of people, they were writing out their checks to charity, to their churches and the different nonprofits that they support. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, wait a second, uh, two things are going on here. You're putting this $10,000 into the bank account, earning interest and paying taxes on it throughout the year. So that's something you don't have to take your required minimum at the beginning of the year. That's a little bit of a savings there. But then towards the end of the year, if you're giving money to charity, and it's basically matching up for them where that required minimum was roughly the amount they were given at charity, you could go directly from the IRA to the charity. I said, just right now, I'm thinking it's going to save you like a thousand bucks a year. Well, we've got hmm. some tax planning software. Uh, we plugged it in. It was actually saving them $2,200 a year to just go through this qualified charitable distribution. Just amazing. These different little tax rules that are out there. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's $2,200. That's a big difference, right? And, and I love the what you said earlier. They could take that and say, you know what, we're going to split this with the, the charity that we're going to give the $10,000 to anyway. Now they've got 1100 excuse me, 11100 roughly. And maybe mm-hmm. they can take that other 1100 and gift a, a grandchild or, or go on a small trip. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but, have some fun. Yeah. Reward yourself for the exactly. tax planning that you did. Reward the charity because uh, that's the whole point of it. You're trying to give away yeah. and help out people that need it. That's That's a great way to go looking at it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, so just to remind everyone, the five areas you got to look at, and again, it's like you said, Eric, it's it's a good amount of things, and we're putting together a blog post about it, so you can look at this every year. Use it like a checklist every single year. Mm -hmm. But where you place your money is entirely important on how your taxes will work out. Which accounts you take the money out from is important. When you take your money out, boosting your Social Security could help you with your tax planning. And the last one there is when you are a charitable giver, and we work with a lot of people that are very, uh, very fortunate and they're blessed and they want to turn around and do some charitable giving, create a plan for that. You'd be surprised how much that might save you on taxes, especially over your your whole lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I I know you've spoken about it and we've touched on it on previous podcasts, but can you just touch really quickly and, and hopefully this sparks some imagination out there and sparks some questions from some of the listeners, but when you're wrapping up with charitable giving and, and doing that, what about a donor advised fund? How does that play yes. into this when it comes to taxes? Uh, and I, just a snapshot of it so people can get an idea that they're, uh, again, another strategy. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great idea. And I'll actually, I'll uh, give you an example of what I'm doing with our own giving is that we support our local church, the one mm-hmm. that we uh, go to each week. And we want to be consistent with that. We'd like to see the money showing up every single uh, month to the church. At the same time, tax-wise, it works out better for our finances to do that charitable bunching. We're trying to give away a lot of money in that one year, and then the next year, we don't need those deductions on there. So for what we're doing on the donor advice fund is that we're taking basically two years' worth of our giving, putting it all into the donor advice fund in that one year, so it hits my, our tax returns in that one year, but we've got that fund set up so that every single month, Throughout that entire two years, the church is going to keep getting that same uh, dollar amount. So we've already made that commitment. We know what we want to be giving to the church, but we also know on the tax planning side, we're better off having all the deductions hitting the one year. So the donor advised fund is a great way to separate the difference of when you get your tax deduction and when the charity gets that. It sure is nice to get your tax deductions Mm -hmm. all in the one year. It's probably not so nice to skip giving to church for 12 months. 
Yeah. Right. If that's what you want to do, we'd rather the church be getting that money uh, every single month. So we just have it set up consistently. Uh, it doesn't matter when our funds go into that donor advice fund, but the church is still getting that that monthly amount. And there's so many different ways you can go about it. But I thought just use an example of what our family's doing uh, with that donor advice fund would be a, a great way to look at it. So let me let me get this straight. So you do a donor advice fund. Let's and we'll just use this as an example. 2020 at the end of this year, you're putting it into a donor advice fund. The church is getting a regular payment for 2021 and 2022, mm-hmm. and then right. for 2023, are you then just reverting back to where you'll pay your tithe or offering monthly, and then do a donor advice fund at the end of that year as well? So it's like one yeah. year on, two years off. Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, yeah, it's just fantastic. looking at the amount you you need to do and you want to do. And it's finding how much do I have to put together, bunch it together in one tax year. At the same time, how much do I want to consistently keep on giving? And there's different things you can do where you're giving stocks to the donor advised fund. That's a different way to save a little bit on the taxes. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity you can do where it's just really separating out. Earlier I said you want to separate out the thought that I retire today, I take my Social Security today. You also want to separate the thought that I spend money today and I pay taxes on it today. Yeah. When you uh, come up, when you pull apart those different ideas and say they're they're two ideas that usually go together, especially when you're working, but it doesn't have to be that way in retirement. The day you give money to charity and the day that you get the tax deduction could be two different days, two different tax years. And pulling apart those ideas is how you go about the tax planning uh, world and come out ahead. Yeah. Jeremy, I know that you've got some of these resources already ready to go, and I know that you're continuing to build and work and provide more resources for the listeners. Where do they find them? Yeah, so check out our website, kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. On the top right, you'll see a couple buttons. One says resources, so that'll definitely have our guidebook in there. Uh, But you can also click on the blog podcast button because that'll take you to the blog that's kind of the companion piece for this podcast where you can take this and print it out even use it as a checklist uh, for you to look at each and every year fantastic jeremy thank you so much for your time today great content and again i love the fact that podcasts have a rewind button because you got it yeah we're gonna have to hear this a few times to get it to sink in a bit or you could just you know make that shortcut and reach out to jeremy and his team so uh again jeremy thanks for your time today thank you eric You bet. And of course, last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.